0: And now, here's your host, Kevin Conover.
1: Bring your time and bring your shame. Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website's educateforlife.org.org, And uh, we've got a great program today. I have a very special guest. She's in town to actually speak at a Republican event uh, that's happening this evening. And her name is Rebecca Friedrichs. And uh, she is the author of Standing Up to Goliath. You can see it if you're watching us on YouTube right here. You can see it up here. She's got it posted here. Fantastic book. The subtitle is Battling State and National Teachers Unions for the Heart and Soul of Our Kids and Country. And before I uh, introduce or bring her on, let me tell you a little bit about what she's been through. From April 2013 through June 2016, she was the lead plaintiff in a federal lawsuit attempting to restore the First Amendment rights of free speech and free association to millions of public sector workers in the United States. Now, if you've been following this at all, you you know about the Janus case and that passed, but she is uh, before the Janus case. Her suit, which was Friedrichs versus California Teachers Association, was filed with nine other teachers and the Christian Educators, Educators Association International, um, and that's David Schmuse, brought suit against the NEA, the CTA, and 10 local unions and superintendents. Now, the oral arguments for that case took place in Washington, D.C., at the Supreme Court on January 11th, 2016. But due to Justice Scalia's death, the court rendered a split 4-4 decision, and Rebecca and her fellow plaintiffs petitioned for a rehearing of the case uh, when a, a, a ninth Supreme Court justice could be appointed, but that was denied uh, on June in June of 2016. Now, uh, interestingly enough, the Janus case... Uh, did pass in june of 2018 but we're going to be talking all about what rebecca is doing and where her where she got the impetus to start this movement and to say hey what's happening with the teachers union and in the public schools is not good for our kids and uh it's part it's the big battle that we're that's taken place the culture war that's happening all over so rebecca thanks for being on the program today thanks for having me absolutely Great to be here Um, So why don't we start back at the beginning? um, Give our listeners some of your background, how you got uh, interested in what's happening within the teacher unions and your, your own career and so forth.
0: Sure. I got interested when I was a student teacher. I was 22 years old, serving under this outstanding master teacher who taught me everything I know. But next door was this teacher who was actually manhandling the children. I witnessed it every single day. They came up to her waist. They were first graders. She would grab them, yank them, and scream right in their little faces. Oh, my goodness. Just trying to get them lined up after recess. And I was disturbed by it. And so I asked my master teacher, you know, I'm learning about um, reporting child abuse, and I think I see some, and it's the teacher next door, and I don't know what to do. And that's when my master teacher sat me down, and she said, Rebecca, today's the day you learn about teachers' unions. And she taught me that basically, in many cases, Districts know there's a problem with a teacher, but they can't get rid of them, Mm. not just because of tenure, but because of collectively bargained grievance procedures that make it almost impossible to rid themselves of these teachers. So I decided right then I didn't want to be a part of giving money or being part of an organization that would allow the abuse of little children who are supposed to be protected. And then she told me how the unions were using teachers' dues money to push all sorts of politics that most teachers abhor. Yeah. So I was just disgusted. So I didn't want to be a part of it from the beginning. And then I quickly found out when I signed my first contract that I didn't have a choice. I didn't have to be a member of the union. I didn't have to pay dues, but I had to accept their representation and I had to pay fees. And the difference between dues and fees was 50 bucks a year. So I really had no choice. Yeah. And that's when my fight began.
1: Yeah, and so for those of you listening, if you... You know, the the public schools and the education system, essentially, there's a monopoly on what's happening in the public schools. My heart for this whole issue is because uh, I found it incredibly frustrating that we can't present um, biblical perspectives on issues in the schools in the name of separation of church and state. And then come to find out, as I got older, uh, separation of church and state is not even in the Constitution. Thank you very much. Yeah, exactly. And so – um, this was very frustrating to me, so this has always been something that i 've been passionate about and so um as you you go down that road and as you 've been exploring this, what led to what what led up to the friedrichs um, the, the case at the Supreme Court? what led up to that situation uh,
0: well i 'd like to address something you just said first okay. and that is that the National Education Association actually was started in the late eighteen hundreds by a bunch of teachers like myself who wanted to bring biblical values into our schools. And the values were already there through the McGuffey readers. And our our schools were founded upon traditional Judeo-Christian values, just like our country. And these teachers were creating little booklets that were full of scripture, full of stories of heroism and patriotism. And it was their goal to get these little booklets into the hands of every single child in America through their teachers. And teachers were learning in school to memorize these Mm. booklets. And so that's what teachers were doing. But then in the 60s, the unions came in and unionized teachers, the National Education Association. And that's where everything started going awry. The Mm. McGuffey readers were removed and the values were removed. So um, our case... Started after I had been teaching, gosh, I think 24 years by the time we brought our lawsuit. Throughout my entire career, I tried every way I knew how to make the voice of teachers, parents, and children heard in our schools. I served as a union leader on the local union executive board. I would go to school board meetings. I'd speak to school board members privately. I would work with parents, did everything I possibly could. And all the unions did was bully me. When I stood for vouchers, because I believed they were good for children and and good for teachers and good for taxpayers, I was bullied. So I discovered that no matter what I did that was right for kids, I was always stopped by a union. I was forced to fund.
1: Yeah. And so many, I think I've heard other teachers feel the same way that, hey, this is, and your book really speaks to this. You were saying you have a lot of stories of uh, teachers that have been put into that same situation.
0: Mm -hmm. That's right.
1: So can you give us a little bit about that is the, uh, those are basically your testimony multiplied That's right. your experience is what's in this book
0: That's right Revelation 12:11 says we overcome mm. by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony Yeah and we can't be afraid yeah. of death and a lot of people are afraid because the unions are scary and so they're afraid to speak out and so what I discovered is that teachers would take me into dark rooms and they would thank me for what I was doing, fighting for them at a school board meeting or fighting for them in a meeting. Yeah. But they wouldn't stand up with me mm-hmm. in public because they were too scared. Yeah, because
1: everybody's afraid to stick their neck out. That's right. Yeah.
0: So what happened when we took our case to the Supreme Court, even though we lost because of Justice Scalia's death, in a lot of ways, we won because, well, first we blazed the trail for the Janice case, mm-hmm. but teachers from all over the country started reaching out to me. They'd find me through my work email or I don't know how, they'd just find me. Yeah. Yeah. And I started talking to some really brave teachers who were willing to share their stories with their names attached. So I started collecting those stories. And I have close to 50 stories in my book. And I have other stories that didn't make the book. So there's a lot of brave teachers. And we share how the unions bullied us into unionization in the 60s. I have a 90-year-old teacher in the book who shares her story of how five men in black suits came in to harass her when she didn't join the union. Mafia-like. They did it twice. That's exactly what she said. I have stories of teachers who tried to um, decertify the unions who were, who were treated, I mean, horribly, just yeah. attacked. One of them told me she felt like she was President Trump running for President yeah. of the United States because yeah. they attacked her so much. Yeah. I have stories of teachers who had the courage to cross the picket line because they wanted to protect their students and they were harassed, uh, harassed to this day mm. for it. So we all share our stories and we expose that what's really going on in our schools is good and loving teachers are trying very hard to teach our kids, but we are being undermined by an organization that not only takes our money to the tune of billions of dollars a year tax-free, yeah. but they use it to undermine our very values and to bring harm to the students we love.
1: Yeah, so It's my, essentially a political activism uh, group is what it is. Yeah, It is,
0: and they're now trying to teach our students to be social justice warriors. Actually, mm. they are doing that. They have children out picketing And, you know, the March for Our Lives, taking children out of the classroom, using them as pawns in the gun debate across this entire country, even though parents were upset and teachers were upset. Yeah. So it's gotten very out of control. And I believe that teachers can stop it because teachers are the only ones who can say, hey, unions, we don't want you representing us anymore.
1: Absolutely. Well, my guest today is Rebecca Friedrichs. And uh, her website for kids in country is if you if you're passionate about this issue. Um, you know we, working together we can make a much bigger difference than when we're isolated in our own little uh, classroom and and don't know the, the bigger picture and the other people that are fighting for what we're fighting for so stay with us we're going to talk about how you can make a difference how Janice changed things and where we where we're going next what's the next step in this process of winning back the hearts and the souls of our kids and of our teachers and of our our nation really so stay with us we're going to be right back Educate for Life helps you build your life on the rock. LG Equipment helps builders build on good soil. Luke Gibson's team at LG Equipment is your local source for grading, demolition, hauling, and more. Learn about their bulk water services from trucks to tankers to towers at rentwatertower.com. Get your questions answered. Call LG Equipment at 619 988 0924. Learn more at LGEquipment.com. 619 988 0924. Well, welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website's educateforlife.org. And, uh, you know, in the title of my, my ministry there, it says educate, right, for life. Um, I'm very passionate about the issue of education. I believe personally that um, with our kids, this is where it starts, right? The future generations are being educated. The Bible says, uh, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. But if 90% of our kids are going to public schools where essentially God has been outlawed, and the case for a biblical worldview, a Judeo-Christian worldview, has been outlawed, well, then nobody's mind's going to be renewed, and what you're going to end up with is a society that becomes more and more secularized. And the, all the problems we're seeing with the gender issues, with moral relativism, with the, uh, the waning morality in our country, a lot of those issues, all come back to education. Uh, and so my guest today is Rebecca Friedrichs, and uh, she's passionate about this. She's been uh, fighting this issue all the way up to the Supreme Court, and uh, she's recently written a, a book about this, standing up to Goliath, which has the testimony of many teachers who have had to deal with the teachers' unions and essentially been bullied into silence. And this is important because you talk to some people and they go, "Oh, you're just making this all up. It's a non-issue. It's it's you know this people aren't being hurt by this. Everybody, everything's fine." But her book um, talks all about this and has the testimonies of over fifty people uh, that have had to deal with this. So, Rebecca, um, you know, there's a lot of positive things that seem to have been happening recently with we've got a bunch of uh, conservative Supreme Court justices, uh, Neil Gorsuch, and um, and just recently another Supreme Court justice, uh, Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh, and that's good. We have had the Janus case passed. We have uh, the expansion of uh, school choice and charter schools. So it seems like there's all these positive things happening. Um, but uh, can you explain to us uh, what in the aftermath of Janus, how does this change things for teachers? What uh, for our listeners who aren't familiar with that process passed in June 2016, explain to them what Janus passing means for uh, teachers unions and schools.
0: Well, Janus passing means that every single government employee who is in a union now has the freedom to pay that union nothing. So if you're a DMV worker, VA, uh, police officer, teacher, fire, whatever it is, if you're in a union, you can leave now and pay them nothing. The problem is, um, as I've stated from day one, is getting that win is just the first domino. Hmm. We have a lot of work to do because, especially with teachers, they're too afraid to leave the union. There are a few brave ones so that are So even though leaving. it's legal
1: now, they're still... Concerned about losing their job or something.
0: Oh, yeah. They're terrified over a lot of things. The main things bothering teachers is that they're believing some deceptions. First of all, most teachers like their local association because that's their friends standing together in a very corrupt system. They know that they need the power of uniting and they're right. They're right. But they don't realize that most of the money they pay goes up to the state national union and most of that money gets used for politics for example if a teacher pays $1000 a year in california mm. 700 automatically goes to the california teachers association oh, that's the state yeah 192 goes to the national education association so the local would keep $108 in that situation $1000 wow.
1: yeah you know it's okay. interesting that you you bring that up because um i actually was speaking at a church and I brought up the pop, all this good stuff about Janice. It was kind of an intro thing. And then I went into what I was speaking on. And I had a woman come up to me afterwards and go, Janice is a horrible thing. It's not a good thing. She said, I'm the president of our local teachers union. And she was actually really upset at me. Kind yep. of caught me off guard because I was thinking, wait a second here. This is yep. a good thing for uh, being able to introduce uh, you know, freedom. Yeah, freedom and, and uh, <laughs> parental choice and everything else. Like yep. you, free association. Yep. Uh, But that's something that you see uh, as a a very common thing.
0: Well, teachers are very confused. And obviously that was probably a Christian teacher too Mm -hmm, who probably shares your values. And here she is paying $1,000 a year or more against her values Mm. because the teachers' union's values – are 100 percent against judeo-christian values and and aggressively so hmm. can i have you give us an example of some i absolutely of those? Yeah. can i have some christian teacher friends who serve at the national education association as representatives of teachers and when they bring in medically accurate information about sex education saying look uh, some of this sex education is um abusive teaching children there's more than two genders or um teaching little children to have uh sex out of wedlock as little Mm -hmm. kids or multiple partners or oral to anal sex things. I don't even know if I can say on the radio, they're teaching our little kids. So these teachers will go in and say at the national level, we want balance. Let's teach balance. My friends have been spit upon for doing that. And they have been told there's a special place in hell for people like you for daring to try to defend and protect little children. That's what that Christian teacher is funding And the unions get that money tax-free, close to $5 billion a year, tax-free from teachers like her. What she doesn't understand is her local probably is a lot of nice teachers, but most of the money is going up to the state and the Mm. national and being used to actually defeat her values. I would guess that that teacher might tell you that she's stressed out because we can't discipline kids well in the classroom anymore. The teachers unions supported that Mm. uh, racial equity discipline policies that came through the Obama administration. I would guess that that teacher's upset about the sex ed if she's seen it. Because it, if they haven't seen it, they don't know. But if they've seen it, they're mortified. Yeah.
1: And this is a huge problem here in San Diego because oh. uh, the San Diego City schools, there's a big fight going on right now. Uh, Dean Royals has been on the program and talked about how they're actually using essentially pornography in order mm-hmm. to try to teach kids about sex. And uh, the, the point that he was making was that If this was taught by any teacher in a classroom, it would be considered so out of line and so inappropriate and, like you were saying, abusive in a sense, Mm -hmm. um, that how in the world that they're able to get away with promoting this as sex education is…
0: They get away with it because the teachers' unions are behind it. The teachers' unions help to write these laws. They lobby for them. And teachers have no idea that they're Mm. funding this stuff. And so you get a teacher like that who pushes back on you and you're doing the right thing. It's because she doesn't know. In my book, I have three chapters exposing the sex ed, who's behind it, where it's coming from. The unions are working in partnership with Southern Poverty Law Center, NAACP, ACLU, Planned Parenthood, all these different groups that are literally pushing an agenda, a gay, lesbian, straight education network, they're working with all these very powerful groups and pushing an agenda into our schools against parental authority. Yeah. Teachers have no idea they're funding it and and the whole thing is this is a free country if they want to live that lifestyle more power to them. Sure. It is it's their right to do that, but it is not their right to bring it into our schools and damage our children with Ideology, yeah, against their parents will exactly, and these teachers don't know they're funding it,
1: yeah, you know it's amazing too. Eric Burr told me that uh by far the vast majority of teachers in California would claim to have a Christian world view, and yet by far, the vast majority of them are uh supporting these perspectives that are completely against that's right. uh, biblical morality or or whatever the case, and so that's right. So I guess the question is, um, you know, where's the? What are we missing here? What's yeah. the the step that we're missing?
0: So what's mis- the problem is teachers have been deceived. They've been told that their pay and their pension and their liability are dependent upon the union. So they're afraid they're going to get sued if they leave the union. They're afraid they're going to lose their jobs. Afraid they'll lose their pensions. Afraid they'll lose their contract with their district. So what teachers need to know is that all of that is not true. Their contract is a legal document between their local and their district. The state and national have nothing to do with it. Their uh, pay and their pension is all funded by the taxpayers. And their pensions, by the way, are in deep trouble because the unions won't listen to us. And there are trillions in unfunded pension liabilities Mm -hmm. because the unions refuse to change into a different type of pension system, which would be good for teachers. So teachers are actually vulnerable and don't know it. And then the last thing is, they think that the unions protect them from being sued because of this liability insurance. Well, they can get that liability insurance on their own through Christian Educators Association International or Association of American Educators, and they get double the coverage. Instead of 1000000 million, they'll get $2 million. Wow. So it's better coverage. And those folks will actually defend them. I have a teacher friend who just lost her job in three days. She paid her union dues faithfully for 26 years, was fired in three days for daring to discipline a child. She did nothing wrong.
1: So it's it's more like we'll defend you as long as you abide by what we think is right. That we're, not protecting is right. Your jo- we're not protecting your job unless you're all, your, your values are the same as ours.
0: That is exactly right. Yeah. And until teachers see that, they're going to keep hanging on to that union, mm. to their own demise, to the demise of the country, to the demise, demise of the children. So that's why we wrote this book, to uh, educate teachers and help them to see the truth.
1: My guest today is Rebecca Friedrichs, her website for org, and the what, the book she's talking about here is Standing Up to Goliath Battling State and National Teachers Unions for the Heart and Soul of Our Kids and Country. I can't emphasize enough how significant this issue is. It's it's premier, it's really the pinnacle, uh, it, it's the crux of the issue. All the other issues that we're dealing with when it comes to the issue of abortion and what's happening in New York right now, what's happening in Virginia, you know, every uh, even the people on the left complaining about um the sexism and and inequality and all these things it all comes back to um what is your moral foundation what is your moral base and we've erased that from the heart and and minds of the kids so stay with us we're going to talk more about this and what you can do on a practical level are you an elementary school teacher that's teaching here in san diego at an elementary school what's the next step for you if you're hearing this call it's it stirs your heart you're concerned about these issues um what can you do on a practical basis stay with us we'll be right back Thank you. Thanks for listening today. This is Educate for Life. I'm your host Kevin Conover. We air uh, locally on FM 106.1 North County, that's K Praise, um, and we also uh, K Praise AM 1210 in San Diego here. So uh, if you're watching online, um, you can watch us on YouTube, Facebook. Please share the the uh, radio program. We want to get this out to as many people as possible to let people know uh, on social media. Because what I found is that for a lot of people. It's not that they wouldn't be concerned. It's not even that they're not concerned. It's that they're just not aware of how they can make a difference. And so uh, Rebecca Friedrichs is my guest. She's been very, very much involved in this issue for a long time now and uh, recently came out with with a book that you should buy, Standing Up to Goliath, which really uh, gives all the background on this issue and gives you a lot of the information you need to be able to talk about it intelligently, right? We want to be able to communicate this uh, in a way that people can respond to and in my own experience, you know, there's a lot of really good teachers out there. They, they love God. They love kids. They work hard at their jobs. And they have no intention of, of doing the wrong thing, but they've been sucked up into this union and the unions have existed for so long. And unions in and of themselves aren't bad. That's not what we're saying. But currently, the NEA, the California Teachers Association, their values do not match Christian values. And you have an opportunity to change this now that Janice has passed you can you can opt out of supporting things that are contrary to what you believe. So uh, Rebecca, uh, talk to us about this. What what can the teachers do? Um, you, let's say you've got this teacher at an elementary school. She's a part of the union. She hears what you're saying. She agrees with you. But like you said, she's afraid that she's going to offend her local union and she's right. going to lose her job and she's not going to be able to provide for her family.
0: Right. Uh, what do you say to that yeah. That teacher? I know so many of them are so frightened and I've walked in their shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I would say to those teachers is this is nothing about being anti-union. In fact, most teachers want to be united. We want to be a good union. Yeah. But the problem is, We don't want corruption Mm. and we have been corrupted by state and national teachers unions. Our very profession has been degraded and corrupted by those unions. So what I would say to a teacher like that is you have to start by educating yourself and educating your friends. And that's the whole reason I wrote this book was what I discovered was there are so many deceptions out there that teachers are believing. And it's because they've been told these things over and over in every staff meeting and and through flyers in their mailbox and, And so it's not the fault of teachers, but they've been deceived. So I would ask that teacher to prayerfully um, consider reading this book for themselves, getting educated. When they read the stories, they will be shocked. Every teacher I know who's read this book so far has told me that they immediately opted out of the union because they were so aghast at what they were funding and they didn't know. And they were so horrified by the hurt that's being brought to children. Mm. So uh, do that first. And then the second thing I recommend is I started a program called Adopt-A-Teacher. I actually started that program prayerfully. It was God's idea. Yeah, Um, it was a great idea. Yeah, he always has great ideas. (laughs) And so the program is you just find every teacher you know and love, teachers that you know share your good values, that really care about the kids. You put your arm around those teachers and you adopt them. And I have six E's that you follow, and I have a little half- Half sheet flyer that's on our website for org. You can get it for free. It shows you what to do, how to love on them, how to talk to them. And you just give them a copy of the book. And I have it in audio. It's on Kindle. I mean, you can get it for next to nothing online. Yeah. And give them a copy and have them read it. Once they read it, now you tell a friend, they tell a friend, they tell. And I ask churches to do this too. Please adopt the teachers in your church. Stand with them. Teachers are terrified. They can't do this alone. Mm. So I ask people, parents, faith leaders, please stand with us. And if we all stand together, we can fight
1: this. Absolutely. We
0: can help teachers to have a good united front locally without being corrupted. Um, you you mentioned something about the charter schools too I want to let teachers know if you love charter schools your union has a moratorium on charter schools they are trying to stop charter schools nationwide
1: and this just happened in LA too yes it did I believe it just passed uh, their city council is that right what, what, uh, or, actually or, it was the, it was part of board? the UTLA
0: strike okay the school board is being forced through that strike to um, place a moratorium on any new charters and they're they've been asked to put pressure on the state to do the same thing. And our state legislators will do it because the majority of them have been placed in office by
1: the teachers. They're union. trying to stop all those charters.
0: The reason why is because charter schools are typically not unionized. And it's all about the union not getting their money and their power and their ability to bring their agenda in through our schools. Mm. So it's very imperative to protect our charters and our private schools and our homeschoolers. A lot of homeschoolers think, oh, I'm not impacted. Oh, yes, you are. Because they are. if you read... Union documentation, they're trying to stop homeschoolers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because they want every child in unionized public schools that are, and they want to force every teacher to be a part of this union ideology. And if teachers won't teach it, like the sex ed, the sex ed has a, a statement in it, the law, that if a teacher won't teach it, well, that's okay. They bring the professionals in, the experts in, and Planned Parenthood will teach your children. So teachers, we can't escape it. We can't put yeah. our heads in the sand. Yep. We have to stand up together. It's time for Christian teachers in particular to be brave. Yeah. And and for others, pastors and parents to be brave with us and yeah. stand with us.
1: And this is a good time to do it because there's a lot of there's a lot of momentum, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are passionate about this. I I hear about this issue way more than I used to in the past. I mm-hmm. mean, uh as far as, you know, opting out, that wasn't an option uh just you know prior to 2018. Mm-hmm. So this is this is your chance to make a difference and actually begin to uh, see some really really exciting and incredible change. Yep. And um so I was so if if you're at a church right now, I mean and you're listening, think about the teachers in your congregation. Every congregation has teachers. Yep. And and give them a free copy of this book. Uh, get them informed because this is our biggest Issue is ignorance right now. So if you're, if you're thinking, why isn't anything happening? It's not because the laws haven't been passed. The laws passed. It's not because we don't have conservative justices. We've got conservative justices. Mm-hmm. It's not because the opportunities aren't there. It's simply because people just don't know. That's right. And so, so um, if you would uh, please join up with Rebecca for kidsincountry.org, that's the website. And that website has all kinds of resources on there. And it has all kinds of people that are dealing with this issue. And taking it head on, and you can be encouraged and go, okay, how do I move forward in this? So um, again, her book is Standing Up to Goliath. You can get it pretty much anywhere and uh, read it, get educated about this issue. So uh, my next question for you, uh, Rebecca, is what? How has Janice so far impacted things? Are you? I know it seems to be that change is slow. Right? People are, it takes a while for people to become informed. But are you starting to see a few people trickle out of the unions and join the Christian Education Association International? Um, Are you seeing that process starting to happen? Um, What kind of positive lights are you seeing?
0: So the positive is yes, some brave people are leaving. Uh, The other positive, those those who were already what we call fee payers, they were non members but had to pay all those fees, they were automatically let out of the union. They had to be. Um, legally so that's good but the negative is yeah from day one from the minute our case was filed the unions started something called the friedrich's fix and they started creating all these oh, fixes you're you're,
1: you're, they named it after you
0: well quietly i <laughs> yeah. don't know if they named it that you know yeah. i i had to hear that from legislators who would tell me they're bringing in the friedrich's fix oh, and on. so they had all these fixes yeah so that if we won they could undermine the law, mm. and they have been able to pass a lot of these fixes and have made them law now. For example, one of them is that every new employee in a union shop has to spend 30 minutes with the union on company time, on the taxpayer dime, to learn about how great the union is and how much they need the union and to be pressured into the union. And, of course, nobody else gets invited. Christian educators doesn't get invited. Mm-hmm. So um, there's a lot of pressure now. The second thing is the unions, and I knew they'd do this, they raise the dues. So, uh, they're going to get less because people have left, but they just raise them. They don't have, we don't have to vote for our dues to be raised as teachers. They're just raised.
1: Wow. Just so uh, arbitrarily at their whim.
0: Yep. That's right. And so they're doing those kind of things. But the biggest thing they did that I think is, um, really shameful. Uh, and I want people to know about it. And that is during oral arguments in the Janice case, the union attorney ended the arguments by stating that if the justices he basically threatened the justices that if you let these employees go and they don't have to pay fees there is going to be quote an untold specter of union unrest across the country because union dues are, i forget his exact words but yeah he ba- and he said that union dues are the the i forget the words he used but like the payment for no strikes okay he was threatening them hmm that's what we're seeing right now strikes all over the country what i want teachers and others to know is don't be used by these people these strikes aren't to really to get you a better salary or to do better things for the kids these strikes are to give the unions more power and and they're basically it's it, they're they're keeping their threat they're creating all this labor unrest mm-hmm. and they are claiming that it's a grassroots movement this red for ed teacher strike movement It's not. I've talked to teachers who were on the ground, part of making Red for Ed. They were, you know, they believed the lies at the time. They helped create it as union leaders. Mm. And they told me the union was always there. We weren't a grassroots movement. Oh, yeah. And as soon as we got our raise and we were all happy, the union did not even say thank you to the governor. This was the state of Arizona. Instead, they morphed Red for Ed into invest in Ed to raise taxes on Arizonans. So this is what the unions are doing. They're using teachers to push their agenda, to raise more taxes, to get, you know, they, they're, they're really into the very far left ideology. And that's what they're doing. Yeah. So that's the negative, but that's their big temper tantrum. Mm-hmm. If we stand up in, in good faith and in integrity and say, I'm not going to be used and I'm not going to stand for this, people threatening the justices of the Supreme Court of the United States yeah. and and having these massive temper tantrums on our dime, if we stand up and say, I'm not going to pay you anymore. Um, you know, and i like to say to teachers, you know, a lot of us have stood up and left the union and we're still alive. Yeah. We're still here. And I just hope that they will. And I hope people will stand with them because we really can stop that mess.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I'm very optimistic about it. I, I think a lot of times in the face of it, you can be very discouraged, but the reality is is there's good things happening all, all over the place. So um, you know what? The number one thing you can do is get yourself educated, read the book, and when you hear the stories, uh, it's going to motivate you to go, hey, you know what? There's no way I can just lie down and take this. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to leave this union, and I need to join another union. You can still be a part of a union, but a union that has uh, supports your values. Mm-hmm. And so we have one more segment left. Stay with us. We're going to talk a little bit more about Christian education Uh, Educators Association International and other things you can do um, to still be protected and uh, do just great. So stay with us. With us, my guest today is Rebecca Friedrich. We'll be right back. 192222766 hey thanks for being with us today this is educate for life I'm your host Kevin Conover and we're talking to Rebecca Friedrichs today. And, you know, uh, she's all about the education system. She was a teacher for a very long time. How long were you a teacher? 28 years. 28 years. And so she knows uh, teaching in the public schools inside and out. Um, I I ran for school board a couple years back because I was so concerned about what was happening in the schools. And, uh, you know, find a way to get involved in what's happening. Her book is Standing Up to Goliath, Battling State and National Teachers Unions for the Heart and Soul of Our Kids and Country. And uh, while we were off the air, uh, Rebecca and I were, were chatting. And you know, sometimes it feels like uh, w- who is our enemy here? Uh, they seem so elusive sometimes because um, share that stat that you shared with me
0: off the air. Yes, I wanted teachers especially to know yeah. that the National Education Association has run some studies three different times. I believe the first time was 1971, uh-huh. and the most recent was in 2006. And these in these internal studies they asked teachers what is your where do you lean politically? Yeah. And what they discovered was only thirteen percent of teachers consider themselves decisively on the left. Yet almost a hundred percent of union dues go to the far left. Yeah. Okay. And then they <laughs> discovered that about sixty percent of teachers lean conservative. And so teachers really – in my experience as a teacher, most yeah. of the teachers I know, they might not vote conservative, but they at least have conservative values. Absolutely. They I care mean, about
1: <laughs> – Yeah, they care about kids. Yeah. So if you care about a kid, um, you, don't want, you don't want a kid abused. You don't want a kid going off and getting an abortion. You don't exactly. want all these sorts of things. And so, um, hey, if you're out there, you're not alone. We just got to speak up, right? We're all hiding, uh, right. afraid that – Somebody's going to find out that, hey, that's I'm a conservative right. or right. I, I voted for Trump or whatever it might be. But if we just speak up and begin to make people more aware of, hey, this makes sense. Yeah. And that's the other thing, too, is that it's just common sense. It's not as if it's, it's uh, confusing to be conservative about education and about these sorts of things. Right. We all want uh, education to get better. If you have charter schools, well, I had somebody say to me, um, you know, they were looking at the stats between a charter school and a public school. And they said, well, this charter school is not doing as good as the public school. And I said, you know, that's not the issue. The issue isn't whether charter schools do better than public school. It's the fact that charter schools bring in competition, mm-hmm. free market, and they force public schools to have better accountability. That's and right. to do Better
0: choice. Exactly. I want to tell you, my husband is the, on a school board for a charter school. It's only in its third year of its existence. This past year, they scored the highest scores in the state wow, for uh, raised scores, children bringing up their scores. Highest in the state. They're in the middle of Santa Ana in a depressed area. Their students are second language and they cater to foster children. Foster children get the first spots in the school. Okay? That's incredible. The unions lie to people and they say, oh, charters don't take kids with trouble. Oh, charters don't take kids on IEPs. That is not true. There might be some charters who specialize in certain things mm-hmm. and so they're not going to mm-hmm. take an IEP, but... I have a niece on an IEP who was in a charter and loved it and thrived there. Yeah, um, And so it's not true that charters aren't doing as well. In fact, in most cases, charters are doing better. Yeah. And the unions have told teachers that charters don't have, um, have to live up to the same standards. That's not true either. They just don't have to be unionized. So the union doesn't want them to exist so it's just it's important for people to get educated like you said we just we just don't understand yeah. another thing you said it made me think of something christ would tell us and that that is don't shine your or hide your light under a bushel mm. we have to shine our light and when i started really fighting this fight it was because the lord laid on my heart that when we're light we shine light on darkness. Mm. And if we don't shine light on darkness, then we're not being the light of Christ. Yeah, And so we have to shine that truth. And the other thing he really laid on my heart was he led me to the story of the widow's mite and he, where Christ saw this widow putting a couple of mites, which is like two pennies into the offering. And he told his disciples, she just gave more than all the wealthy because she gave out of her nothing. Cause I was terrified teachers. I was terrified to stand up. Yeah, I was terrified To speak out, I was terrified to write an op-ed. I'd never written an op-ed in my life several years ago, but it was the Lord that laid it on my heart and said, just give me your two mites, Rebecca. You let me worry about everything else. And my goodness, all I wanted was an op-ed. He took me to the United States Supreme Court.
1: That's incredible. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I mean, you can't can't limit God. Yeah. So we can't look at it as our battle against these scary people. It's God's battle against those scary people. And we just need to follow him and have faith. Yeah, and the thing is, too,
1: is is um, not everybody's going to go to the Supreme Court, but we all play a part. We all play um, that role, and it's significant. Um, whether you're impacting millions or whether you're impacting your neighbor across the street, exactly. uh, it's the body of Christ, and it's all significant. And, you know, um, something came to my mind while I was listening to this is that uh, there's, a, there's a psychological phenomenon where uh, if you see somebody in distress—I was watching a show on this the other day—if you see somebody in distress, people tend to think to themselves— um, somebody else will handle that, mm-hmm. right? Um, right? They they were talking about first responders and how first responders are trained not to say somebody call nine one one or somebody you know uh, go get a first aid kit, but they actually have to point out at the person and say you you go get the first aid. kit. You're the one. Yeah, you're the one because otherwise um, everybody just sits back and goes well somebody else is going to do it. Right. So I I kind of if you want to look at the camera there, Rebecca, <laughs> sure. uh, whoever you are, if you're watching this. I kind of want to call you out, right? You're the one, right? And we're not asking you to change the whole world. We're just asking That's you fine. to talk to your neighbor, That's talk right. to your local teacher, talk to the person down the street or talk to your pastor, talk to somebody and tell them about what's going on um and and I'm marketing her book. I'm not getting any commission on this or anything. I'm just marketing her book because it's the information that you need to be able to 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 be able to walk away. From the union, uh, to right. let go of that harness that's holding you back from being able to make a difference. And it's just hugely significant. Um, I can't overstate the importance of what we're talking about. That in order for things to change, in order for us to see, I actually believe and I'm praying for a revival through education. That what happens is, as God, you know, um, in the State of the Union address just recently, Trump said, um, I'm fighting for Bibles in uh i'm fighting for teaching the bible in yeah, the public schools that's how our school started exactly exactly and from that comes the ability to be educated well c.s lewis yeah. uh, has a, a quote that i love he said education without values only seems to make man a more clever devil yes and True. that uh quote uh and and martin luther king uh has a quote also where he says um specifically that a man who is educated but has no values only becomes uh, – uh, it's essentially the same quote. I can't i can't rem- yeah, remember it I'm exactly. I'm familiar with it too. Yeah, can't yeah. It. But the point is is that um, we have a public school system in which we're growing individuals that are learning – well, to some degree, they're learning – but they're not, there's no basis in that's their right. value system. That's so right. what, what do you end up with? You end that's up with right. somebody who takes advantage of other people yeah. through the knowledge that they have. Right. And that's not what we that's want. That's
0: frightening. Well, and our, our founders made it very clear that the only way that you can keep a republic, our country is a republic, mm-hmm. the only way you can keep that is through an educated and moral citizenry mm. and so our our founders made it very clear if you go back and read their documents that they wanted a school system that had a moral basis in the bible absolutely and they make it very clear they weren't teaching religion they were teaching judeo-christian values yeah so this yeah. country's founded upon and if people think we can keep our republic without them they are wrong
1: yeah and Absolutely. That's what we're watching. Absolutely. That's what we're watching. And real quick, I just want to make another point on this real quick, because the natural thing that comes up in people's minds is, well, if we begin teaching the Bible, what about all these other religions? And what about Buddhism? What about Islam? What about atheism, right? And they say, don't we need to teach these other religions? And the answer is no, because for two reasons. First of all, the country wasn't founded on those particular religions, and therefore we can't tie our success and our prosperity and our well-being to those particular religions. But beyond that, if you look at countries that have embraced Islam, for example, what is the natural byproduct of embracing the Quran? Well, it's the oppression of women. It's a woman is worth half as much as a man. It's all kinds of things that put people down. Um, And and if you look at Buddhism and all these different things. So from an apologetics perspective, that's what I am. I'm an apologetics teacher. So I'm constantly defending the truth of God's word. Um, Why are we learning the Bible? Because Mm -hmm. everywhere the Bible goes, there is well-being. There is health. There is fathers becoming better fathers. There's Mm -hmm. uh, parents becoming better parents. There's bosses becoming better bosses. Mm -hmm. People are more generous. They're more
0: kind. They're doing everything Mm -hmm. uh, that's good. So You know, I've talked to some teachers who taught in those olden days. There's a 90-year-old teacher in my book. It's dedicated to a 101-year-old teacher. Oh, wow. (laughs) I talk about her. She's my aunt. And those teachers told me that it wasn't so much that they were teaching, they weren't teaching Christianity. Mm. They were teaching the values. Yeah, they weren't proselytizing. Right. And so it's this. What do we all think about the golden rule? Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Mm-hmm. I don't know anyone who disagrees with the golden rule. Yeah. Well, that's what we were teaching in our schools. That's good and valuable. And that leads to all the good and the beautiful. And yeah. that's what we were. Be kind. Uh, that's a theme in my book from Aunt Jelaine. Be yeah. kind. Yeah. That's what she would teach her students. Be kind. Well, and then I show people that the unions have taught us literally with these words, quote, be pissed off. So what should we be teaching children to be pissed off or to be kind? I think everyone would agree that kindness wins the day.
1: Absolutely. Rebecca, thank you so much for being on the program today. It's been a big blessing having you. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, So if you, if you didn't get to hear the whole interview, this will be up on our podcast. It'll be recorded. It's also going to air on Sunday. If you want to see Rebecca in person and you're listening today, you can catch her. Um, She's speaking at the Republican, uh, the local Republican party's, event this evening tony Kavark, and uh, a bunch of great people are going to be down there so you can uh, catch her down there and if you want to get a copy of her book you can buy it there or you can buy it online wherever you wherever you like so thank you for being with us today and uh Whoop! my seat just dropped. That was funny. <laughs> I'm going out. Okay. God bless you. Have a great day. Thanks for being with us. Bye-bye. Did you miss part of today's program? Don't worry. We're committed to helping you get the info you need. Okay. That was dumb, but for real, visit educateforlife.com for podcasts and video recordings of the show and to sign up for the school of unshakable faith. Leave us your comments, compliments, questions, or concerns at 800 243 979